What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain There have been a few times in my life where I meet someone and I know right away that we're going to be good friends for a long time. Ed Skrine is one of those dudes. He rolled into the Onnit Academy. We got a workout in. We started talking about life. And he has the true embodiment of that warrior poet spirit. He's an actor. He's a musician. And he's just a dope human being. And we go into all the trials and tribulations of life, his career as an actor, and everything else that makes life worth living. I hope you enjoy dropping in with us. Ed, my man, my it's brother. been a fucking year. It's been a year, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think it was a year ago, today or tomorrow, that that, that we last had um, a beautiful lunch in Austin. That's and, right. Uh, and that was a beautiful time for me, man. It was. Proper. It was a really special, a very important and pivotal time for me. You know, life moves in, in, in stages and phases. And um, that was a very, very important time and a real kind of crossroads and, and, and turning point you know probably wouldn't seem it from the outside yeah even my close people probably wouldn't um notice other than the fact that i came home like yo <laughs> total human optimization <laughs> look at these steel maces bro there's this guy called isik and um but no it was it was an important time for me man and i came back so enthused and with such positivity and so powerful, yeah, and so um, so charged up, man. It was, it was, it was. Well, you really left important. the you left the same residue that you know that you you brought home with you because you brought your own piece of that. And I still think about that night on Halloween, and it runs through my head probably once a week. Where we go home, we've had the most amazing, <laughs> epic night out at the club, and then one of our mates, he goes and he's charging through the house. <laughs> And he's got, he's got these shiny light up shoes and he manages to find our dog's shit and not notice it. And he steps in the shit and then he goes searching through the house for someone. I mean, he hit every every single every. It was like, you couldn't, I mean, it was like, it was was unbelievable. Everywhere. I mean, every bedroom, upstairs, downstairs, laundry room, bedrooms, bathrooms. I mean, the shit trail. And so the whole house with just that, the thinnest layer of shit required to get the maximum stench possible. You think that was one shit, the (laughs) source of it? It must have been, man. But it was just spread so thin. It's like gold leaf. You know, when you pound it out, you can cover a whole wall. He can do that again if he tried, man. (laughs) No way. He was moonwalking around. (laughs) Cha-cha-cha. He was doing it all, bro. So we're all, it's 2.30 a.m. We got, everybody's just charged up from yeah. Halloween. We're ready so to ha- happy, man. So happy. We're ready to have, to have the after party of our life. And the next 30 minutes are just cleaning up the most horrific shit stench yeah. of all time. But we're sitting outside 
And you said the funniest thing. You go, ain't that like life, man? You're walking around wearing the shiniest shoes, and you don't realize that you just stepped in shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you're leaving the stench of shit behind you. I don't actually remember saying that. I know yeah. you, I remember you saying it to me afterwards, and I don't remember saying it, but it resonates. Yeah. It resonates. And, um, yeah, it w- that was that was... That was such a beautiful night, man. I thank you so much for bringing me into your family, man, and your peoples. And you know, when we travel, and Whit knows, we 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 talked on it that you know, when we travel, it's 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 easy to get lonely. Yeah. You know, especially when you have loved ones that you trust and care about, and and you know, loved ones in the broadest sense, you know. So to go to come over there, and then you know, literally the first day, like I, I woke up in the morning in Austin, and I was like. I'm going to go and find this place that I've heard about on Rogan's podcast. Like, it sounds cool. It looks cool. It feels right. I'm going to make this pilgrimage. Like, this is some fucking Bethlehem shit. <laughs> Except I was in a rented car wearing a fucking <laughs> pair of tracksuit bottoms and Nike Air Max 90s. But, um, so so I come down and, and, and I was being shown around by one of the beautiful um, girls on reception. And she was so lovely and so warm. Um... And I was walking around, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, I've trained in gyms all around the world. And energies mean a lot, you know. I'm, we're all very perceptive of them, whether yeah. we think we are or not. And I was like, this is this is special, man. I said, I've never felt anything like this in the fucking world. This is what I've been trying to find. And she said, you know what? You see that guy sitting down over there? He's the CEO. That's all, but he would really like it if you told him that. Like, that would, that would mean a lot to him. I said, oh, okay, cool, man. Well, you know. It's the truth. So, you know, I remember coming over, tapping your shoulder, being like, yo, man, I just want to say it's beautiful here. You know, it's really yeah. special. And it was like... And I was like, Francis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here, Francis? And then you introduced me to the Wolfman. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the kindest, warmest, strongest man. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and it was just so welcoming, man. It just felt like, I, I, you know... People, you know, my people from home, like, you know, I say it like we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. You know? And um, it just goes to, 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 to reinforce this notion that, like, fuck your passport, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck your accent. You know, fuck where you think your roots are. In fact, I know where your roots are. It's on planet fucking Earth. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm on the other side, you know, just in a little bit more rain and, and, and having a, you know, a different experience. But... We're all brothers, man, and we just need to find our the like-minded people with the same energy. And um, now nah, it was it was really special, man. It was really special. It meant a lot to me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's. I think you're absolutely right. I think all of these we create all of these separations that are absolutely unnecessary, mm-hmm. you know. And even even the blood ties that we make somehow these are these are these sacred special things that you'll never be able to duplicate. Like blood is blood is cool. Like it's cool to have family genes and Mm -hmm. have grown up with people but there's bonds that can run as deep that Mm -hmm. can happen fast and then you know it's not all about just your ethnic identity your tribal identity your Mm -hmm. racial identity all of these things that we're trying to claim like there's a there's a hard identity Mm -hmm. and you can find those people and they can become like they can become family true that man you know and i think sometimes we lose sight of that we think like oh family is just my block my neighborhood that i grew up with or the people who share my blood and like yeah all the respect that's great but there's also family that you choose and Uh you choose that based on energy and choose that based on heart and shared mission and it's like that can only come from being mad open 
Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And being open to the idea that like, like I want to go see this this building that I've heard about. And when I go down there, I might be like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's full up a load of fucking meatheads. These lot seem like a bunch of wankers. But cool, you know, I'll go train somewhere else. You know what I mean? Right. It was nice to go see and I tried it. You know, when I go somewhere else, I might fall in love platonically or, or, or otherwise. And, but we have to be open to these ideas, you know? It's like the guy, I met this guy in a, who works in the hotel I'm staying at, the wife, in Brooklyn and uh, Williamsburg. And um, we've just been politicking so much since we got, every time I go down for breakfast, I don't sit down for 45 fucking minutes because... You know, I, I'm so drawn to what he has to say and, and feel like what he has to say is very relevant to me at this particular time. And it's like, it's great. Maybe it's just that. Maybe mm. I won't see him in a year, like, you know, and keep in contact with him like we have. But, um, you know, I'm open to that idea. I'm also open to the idea that, um, like, you know, that solitude is, is, is a, a highly likely possibility when mm. I come out and loneliness is a, is a possibility. I was thinking about what I'm going to do tonight, you know. It's like with Halloween last year, I said to you, you said, yo, man, you want to come? I'm doing this thing. I said, yeah, that, that feels right. <laughs> and I said to my friends, they said, hey, man, we're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. I was like, no, man. No, I'm going to go, I'm going to go see, see this guy. He invited me out and yeah, I'm going to go see what's up and maybe I'm going to stay for like an hour and then just leave. Or, you know, but let me just see. And it's, it's that. It's, it's about being open. And I've been thinking about what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. I've got a couple of options. I'm like, I feel like I, I, I really, I want, I want to be on foot and I want to be by myself. And I just want to be open. I want to see what's, what's up. And so awesome. I'll tell you tomorrow All right. what happened. And it, I might just go home and go sleep, you know, and watch some Netflix at eight o'clock. I might, but who knows? How often do you, I mean, do you consciously try to trust your instincts like that? I mean, do you have a moment where... There's the mind that wants to make a rational choice, but then you just override that and say, no, 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 I'm going to stick with what feels right. Or is that just like second nature for you now? It's second nature now. It's like there's a duality to it that, that um, of course, you know, I was raised by uh, intelligent, frugal, um, sensible British parents, mm -hmm. you know, um, with, you know, the I see have, have, you know, used their instincts and, you know, have moral integrity and all of this stuff. But like, you know, through me and people such as yourself and through the experiences I've had, it has become this second nature of this instinct. And, you know, my job is so instinctual, you know, it's like, it's like my acting coach, we were talking last week and he was saying the acting gods are a cat, they're not a dog. <laughs> he said, you can't try and you can't rough it up and drag right. it over to you and put it on your lap, you know? Sometimes it turns its back on you and sticks its ass in your face, yeah. you know? And it wants to walk off. What are you going to do? Chase after it? No, no, no. It's going to run away. And so you have to feel like, you have to be like, okay, I see you over there. I see you. Oh, well, you don't want to play right now. And it's the same thing. It happened last night. And it was like, I could feel this, you know, I, was, I'm, uh, I am very in touch with, with instincts and, and with it. And I like the... I like traversing the landscape of it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the challenge of it. That you know, first two takes warming up, feeling like, okay, I'm I'm warming up. I ain't hit that that flow state yet, but I'm warming mm. up. But like, I will hit it. But how am I gonna hit it? You all know? Right. Okay, there's you know, oh, the cat showing me his ass. All right, all right, cool. I see you. And then when it happens, when it when you find when you make that pilgrimage, you know, when you hit that sweet spot when you transcend and when you leave your own fucking head and then the director says to you, wow, that was interesting, man. What were you thinking on that one? And you're like, nothing. <laughs> I, I, 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know. I don't know. Watch it and I don't know. You tell Man, me. It's with every every great thing that you can ever accomplish. You're out of your head. If you're writing, if you're fucking I was just with Cody Garbrand, who's fought, yes. fighting for the title in the night. And I work with him on some mindset stuff. And it's always just about the present moment because that's where the magic is. Mm-hmm. you know. And I was talking to him about because there's all this talk and chatter and they're former teammates and they're mad at each other and there's all this shit. And I'm talking to him today and I was like, you got to just look at that like the, like the storm clouds, mm-hmm. right? Like the, all of that is just energy. All the words, none of that matters. None of the history matters. Because in the now, there is no history. There's only the unfolding present moment, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're tapping into that, that's where you're fast. Because if there's any thoughts or anything that gets in the way, it's like an impediment to that speed. Mm-hmm. It's like, so let that cloud build, whatever the words are, whatever it is, just add the fuel and you're mm-hmm. the fucking lightning. True. You're just the fucking lightning. You True. don't watch the lightning. You're not the thunder. Mm-hmm. You're just the fucking lightning, just crackling. Mm-hmm. Just right there on that bleeding edge where the energy transmutes from wind and rain and whatever makes that electrical current go, you're right at that moment, at that bleeding edge. And so you're there, mm-hmm. fully there. And that's that's flow state. Mm-hmm. And that's just where you're you're out of your head and you're just right at the lightning. And the thunder will crash from the results of whatever you do. Mm-hmm. But you're not worried about that. You're just there at the bleeding edge where it, it alchemizes into electricity. And truly, I feel it's like <clears throat> I'm trying to search for the truth. I'm trying to find the truth of my reality, of my place of my wiring of when I'm working of the scene, I'm trying to find the truth of this sociopath, the truth of this love, the truth of this hate, so that I can place myself better in reality. And I can't find that truth unless I get out of the way of myself. Mm -hmm. And so, which is easier said than done, you know? So there's all these technical things that you can build up to help you get out of the way of yourself. But however you get there, we have to just, we have to step back and, and get the fuck out of the way. And then these things happen and you're like, that was that was so beautiful. What the fuck happened? All that was so ugly. Like last night, it got so dark in the most beautiful way. It was like I, I was do, I was shooting in um in the Bronx on the same block where they did a Bronx Tale, which is like my one of my favorite movies, yeah, man. Awesome, you know. And so we were there in, in this block, and I'm wearing my seventies cop outfit. I got my handlebar mustache <laughs> and my my big sideburns. I shaved them off before I come here. And um, and I was there, and I was like, you know, we were, we were, we were. The scene is, you know, it may surprise you that I was playing the antagonist. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I had to. I was pushing buttons. I was pushing buttons, buttons that I don't push in real life. Right. I wouldn't want to. That would riddle me with guilt right. and sadness, and you know, that my empathy is too much for that. Oh, but when we're on camera, when we're pretending. When I know there is no comeback, I'm pushing your fucking buttons, bro. I'm putting it on you. I really want you to feel it. Like, I, I it's not a joke, you know? Yeah. I feel like I have the best job because I have these jewels like these UFC fighters, but my nose don't get broken. <laughs> We're pretending, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And maybe that makes them braver than me. Maybe you don't need blood and broken noses to be brave. I'll let someone else decide that. But it's a wonderful place. So we, so we were getting to... So, about halfway through, after the first couple takes, when, when, when the cat was showing me its ass and that, and I warmed up into it, and I saw the glint in the director's eye, and he was coming out, and we started playing. It was like, okay, I found this, and I found my motivation. I found what I'm doing with this. And the things that were going on inside my head, Orbs, were ungodly. 
the things that I was thinking of that were placing me in that position were like Sauron's fucking, the eye of Sauron. Mm -hmm. And when I put that ring on, I felt good, bro. Like I enjoyed every fucking moment of it. As a peaceful, liberal, open-minded pacifist, as a lover and a fucking hugger, I enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, I'm in this. And it was so ungodly. After I was in my head and outside of my head, I was thinking, you need to become a Catholic and go confess after this. <laughs> like, you need to find God, bro. Like, this is bad. Like, this is this is dark, you know. But for the arts, let's explore that. Let's take it all the way. And also, in safe environments, as you say about the importance of standing on a speaker box and howling at the moon every now and then, yeah. you know, pouring tequila down your, or rather someone else pouring tequila down your throat. <laughs> it's important to, 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 to explore all of these different avenues and it felt good. And so when I came out at the end of it, I thought, I thought, well, when I was doing it, I thought, you know what, let me just maintain this state because this is working. This is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. My job is to, is to translate the screenplay and and um, in this instant, James Baldwin's writing, you know, which I feel is a great responsibility to one of the great writers of our time. So I was like, it's working. So I'm going with this and I'm going to push it and I'm going further. I'm going further. And then he's saying to me, I have what I need. I have what I want. Now play. And I thought, oh, let's fucking have it. <laughs> I'm putting it on him. And in my mind, I thought I'm putting it on him until we wrap. And then as soon as we wrapped, I went up, I gave him a big hug. I said, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I said, I didn't mean any of it. I said, well, actually, I meant all of it. Every single fucking bit of the but time. I mean, but I mean this right now, too. Yeah. But I mean this hug just as much. But I don't mean it in real life. Yeah. And so it was like, and I came out, I was shaking, dude. I was shaking. And it was like, it was such a wonderful experience, man. It was like a, it was a, a transient experience. I left... I left myself, I left my body, I certainly left Ed in, in a major sense. And obviously part of it is, you know, it's 30% me, maybe 45% me, maybe scarily it's 95% me. You know what I mean? But it wasn't. And, and, and it was beautiful. It was, it was such an incredible moment. And it was a, it was a real learned moment in, in my acting career and in my life, in my human career mm -hmm. you know it was it was a really really special moment and so you know i suppose it's just like jumping in that padded cell or or, or you know hitting hitting the bag you know because the bag ain't gonna bruise up yeah you know so it, yeah but it was a beautiful thing but it's it's yeah playing with those playing with that spectrum is something that's really intense and the first thing that you have to realize is that that's not not you you know what i mean like the human being has all of the darkness mm -hmm. and all of the light available to mm -hmm. us. You know, like Rupert Sheldrake calls it the morphic resonance field, which is like the collective of humanity. And the collective of humanity is mm -hmm. the greatest heroes who are willing to lay down their life for the people they love and mm -hmm. stand up for something no mm -hmm. matter what it costs them. And also the greatest villains mm -hmm. who are locked in this path of power. We both have Mandela and Trump inside us. Yeah, exactly. All of that spectrum mm -hmm. is available. And I think the first thing that's challenging is realizing like, I'm not I'm I'm not one thing or the other. Mm. Everything is available. It's just how I choose to express it. Mm. Like what part of me I'm choosing to fuel and mm -hmm. give energy. And so when you experience that, I remember for me it was the first time in a in a medicine journey, in a psilocybin journey, really realizing like, oh shit, I'm all the light that I want to be, but I'm also all the dark too. Mm. 
and you go lean over and you lean into the dark side and you mm. feel the power coursing through mm. your brains and it's just like a snarl. That, mm. Mm. But then you think, do I want to live this way? There you no, go. no, I like the love side better because yeah. then it's warm and it fills you and it's, you know, but I had to make that choice. I've had to make that choice multiple times where you see the path of power and you see the path of love and the path of power it feels like just black lightning going through your, your body. Yes. But the path of love just feels like warm light feels like home feels like but when you're, you're aware of them and you're in control mm-hmm. then you can switch from automatic to, to manual or you can yep. you know yep. you decide what gear you're in mm-hmm. you know and so we, we we keep it for the safe moments but we you know obviously sometimes it spills out you know and 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 when you know in london life is crazy the metropolis brings things out of you that i see in new york a lot you know sure out here it feels like back in london i feel very very at home here because people are aggressive to each other. People are underpaid. People are working fucking hard. People are living on top of each other and, and frustrated. But there's a lot of love and there's this multicultural, beautiful experience. And it's like, you know, I, I, I am so blessed that I get to come to Austin and, you know, amazing places like that and come out here. But when I'm in London for too long, the darkness starts coming out of me, man. It's crazy. And I always say, you cut me, I bleed London. I will never, ever leave London. I love Austin. I love New York. I love Cape Town, South Africa. I love Vancouver. There's many places in this world I love. I will never live there. I'm lucky I get to travel to them, but I will never leave London. I say that. You know, never say never. But I really, you know, I love it so much. But when I'm there too long, man, it fucks with me. And I, the 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 ring, Sauron's ring, no euphemism, um, you know, it, I, I, it starts, I start to wear it and I start to wear it without control mm-hmm. and it's not nice and I start to see things in me and I'm like wow that that's ugly and that's you know I start to feel feelings like I had last night but it's not beautiful right? you know because it's not in the padded cell because someone's getting bruised from it it's not a punching bag and so even when we are aware of these things, and I use the word control with inverted commas, I'm still, I'm still like so, so, it's so easy for, for, for me to go to the dark side. It's like Frodo, bro. Sure. You know? And those emotions will steer you that way. You know, that all of the, that endogenous hormone cocktail that comes up when something pricks your anger, right? It'll take you, steer you right into that channel, that really well-grooved channel mm-hmm. that humans have been using mm-hmm. for thousands and of years. I've been there before. Yeah, and we've been learned there before, from and we've all gone, and when you're yelling at your loved one, and you just want to, you know, even if it's just your words, mm. you just want to cut them and hurt them with your words, mm. you know, at that point. And you're, you lose awareness. Mm. You lose awareness of the truth that what I'm saying to them, I'm saying to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do anything to another person that I'm not doing to me, because we're all same, as you said, mm-hmm. and I've repeated since, different facets of the same diamond. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, when the emotions are driving you that way, you forget that truth, and you're clouded by that delusion, and you experience that. And then I think the, the real wisdom is to be able to become aware of that yes. sooner. Yeah. Like, feel the wave rising and go, no, I'm not going to paddle in with this one. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to duck dive into this wave and get I out agree, of the way. Man. But even, you know, I feel very illuminated. I feel very strong. I also just feel very lucky that things haven't tipped over the edge because I've got so close to the edge of like, you know, pe- we, 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 people could look at us as like positive people in control and successful people and all of that. But so easily 
you know, we could have, the situations we've been in, those negative Sauron situations could have mm. just tipped it slightly further and we could be in a fucking nick, you know, we could be locked up or we could have be living with, with some kind of guilt that, that that's fucked up. And I have so many friends and, 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 you know, people that used to be friends that have like, that I, I looked up to that were my role models growing up. There were people I wanted to be like, and, and, and I still want to be like the people that I saw them as, but then, you know, life got the better of them. Sauron got the better of them and they had a, had a, you know, just one thing happens and then bang, that's it. You know, five years is gone. They've lost their family. They've lost this, they've lost that. And it's like, I feel so lucky. See, sometimes I think to myself, Orbs, I think, what the fuck did I do to deserve this luck? Mm. You know, because sometimes like, I remember my, my boy Chasney saying to me when we was in school, he was like, you're blessed, bro. He was like, you're mad lucky. He's like, it's going to be, it's going to work out. And I remember saying, thinking to himself, what the fuck? Like, what a presumptuous fucking <laughs> thing to say. And I don't feel blessed. I'm fucking 17 and full of testosterone and rage and confusion and, and all of this. And things ain't going perfect. And so, you know, thanks for that, bro. But it don't really mean fuck all to me right now. But I think back on that and I, and, and I think, and you know, so many things have happened, you know, before and since we met that I think, what did I do to deserve this, man? Yeah, I'll take this blessing, you know, take it graciously and humbly and, and try and give, keep, continue to keep trying to give as much as I can. But like, you know, if there is an omnipotent God that, that, that I don't know, I haven't realized that he's the one then like, why the fuck is he looking out for me? Like, why is he, why is, why am I, why am I protected like this, man? I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And I'm, I'm trying to do my best with it. You know, yeah. I'm trying to share it. Gratitude is that first most important piece, yeah. you know, just pure gratitude. And I think a lot of people, we're all, most of us are all really blessed, you know, and there's, I get it. There's some people who have a way harder road and a really tough, tough go in this turn of earth, mm. you know. But for the most part, we're all very blessed to be alive. But gratitude is something that we miss because we'll compare it. You know, we'll compare our blessings yeah. to another person's blessings. Like, well, my blessings aren't shit because look at this person. Yeah. But we're never inside that person. Yeah. You know, we don't know what's going on. We can't, you can't compare another person's struggle or another person's oh, everything. Everything is its own its own thing. And so it, I think comparison is the enemy of happiness. It is, absolutely. Mm. Yes. And then so just being gratitude. When I, when I regurgitate these quotes, I suddenly think, you might have told me that last year. <laughs> <laughs> or text it to me or like yeah. you know but all we do is we all I am is a retweeter everything I'm saying verbally and I don't retweet much but you know what comes out of my mouth it's all regurgitated it's like I said to you we we are just the at people the that we you, surround ourselves at the by. best you just synthesize different ideas that haven't been smushed together yeah. you know like we're just using ingredients yeah. that, that are out there and sometimes maybe getting out of the way for something new to come through us but it's still not us mm -hmm. you know like taking credit for all of that is yeah. Is nonsense. So that's, I think, another part of it is be grateful, but also realize that it's not you. You're just yep. a, a vehicle for the life that's kind of happening. It's, it's, you know, I, I felt that this morning. It's, I, was just, I was just in the flotation tank. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, like, I really feel that about, like, my art is, like, without, well, I was going to say without sounding like a pretentious wanker, but I definitely will sound like a pretentious wanker. <laughs> but I feel like the vessel... You know what I mean? I feel like, like, of course, part of it is me. So because I'm the vessel, I'm going to have my imprint on it. You know, I, I 
someone else is driving, but I am a motor. And I may be a powerful motor. I may have great traction on my tires. Or I may be slow. I may have a good spoiler, whatever. But I feel like the vessel for it. And I feel like, you know, I, I'm very reticent to take any credit for the things I have done, you know, and for, and for the art. But it, 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 it's that realisation last night and then thinking on it today is something that, that I'm going to continue to embrace and to think further on and to, to, try, to try and be that vessel. To not make it, to not make it about me. Other people can make it about me if they like. Mm. It makes no fucking difference to me. You know what I mean? I do because it fulfills me. Because it makes me happy. Because I feel so alive, yeah. and I can, I, 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 I feel powerful when I do it. So that when I come off and I feel weak, which is how I feel most of the time, in in many ways, it's like it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's like when. I don't know if this is a really egotistical thing to say, but when your ego is satisfied, then you no longer need to satisfy your ego. Like I feel that from this and seeing this notion of celebrity, this notion of fame, this notion of Hollywood, you know, and it's like, is well, it's bullshit for me. You know what I mean? Because I just go back home and my people take the piss out of me. I'm like, bruv, look at your Hollywood quiff, man. What's the matter with you? I sent a picture to my boy the other day. Um of me with my handlebar. He was like, oh shit. He was like, you better not wear that back to the fucking area, bro. And I was like laughing. And I'll come home and my family will just take the piss out of me and everything. And it's not, and my life is fucking, is normal, bro. Yeah. And I see all these other superstars that I perceive them as superstars. And then I see their normality and I realize like it is bullshit, but it's okay. If people want to raise up people for their own reasons that's that's their choices but it's a wonderful feeling to feel separate from that and to feel that that is their persona their version of ed yeah it's not me yeah it's not me i'm you know so it's nice it makes me feel that um it makes me feel that i really don't need to to satisfy my ego so i wake up and just put on the same shitty tracksuit bottoms you know what i mean and realize i bought these like 10 years ago I should buy some new socks, man. I had these when I was in secondary school. You know what I mean? I'm going to treat myself. I did get paid for this job. I'm going to go buy some new socks. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's nice to, um, to not need that, man. It's funny how, you know, everybody who sees you in, in some way is a, is a mirror. You know, we're all mirrors for each other. We all see each other through another person's eyes to a certain degree. But when I think people can get lost when nobody is actually seeing the real you. Mm -hmm. And I think for celebrities, that can be the real challenge because yeah. every eye that they look in is looking at them as someone that they totally aren't. Yeah. You know, They're projecting all of these things. And the more power and influence you have and the mm -hmm. less vulnerable you've been and you're not actually showing people the real you mm -hmm. and you're just showing people the persona, the, mm -hmm. the brand, mm -hmm. then you feel like no one's seeing you and then you get more and more alone and, yeah. more and your circles get smaller and then even then you're... You know, and I think the 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 key is to just break through all that, even if you're on a micro level mm. or a big level, mm. and just show people the real you. you I know? hate and it. just like, hey, hey, look, here I am. Like, yeah. don't try to manipulate their view of you by like putting out this yeah, persona because yeah. you're not going to feel that anyways. Just no, I I hear you. you, but I would counter that by saying that we also have a choice as I suppose public figures although it feels strange to call myself one of them now, that we also have a choice of what we show and that not everything is for everyone. And so to an extent, I do build a public persona and a sure. public brand now. I'm kind of, I try and be smart with it so that, you know, 
I show them a little bit and whatever I show them will be really me because I, I find it difficult to not be myself. And, you know, like I said, my pops is a man of real integrity. And so, you know, it's going to be that way. But, you know, we, we I feel like this this kind of duality with it that, that I'll show the people a, a, a certain side of me. They don't need to see all of me, but plus we're in this... PC age where like if they really heard all the jokes that we're saying and, and all of that then I'm out of business bro you know what I mean because we're like you know there's dark there's light there's grizzle you know yeah. and so you know that's that's one side of it but then the way that I feel good about that is that what I do show is still me and I separate myself from that public persona yeah. so I don't need validation from that public persona it's like Rudyard Kipling if you know if we greet triumph and adversity as the imposters that they are, you know, then we're men, you know? And it's like, so I give them this persona, this Ed Scrine, as much of Ed Scrine as I want to fucking give them, you know what I mean? And no more, because the rest of it is for me. This ain't all for you. Mm. I didn't sign up to give you my fucking, my everything. This is mine, man. And this is also my people's and right. my family's. And I think you know? that's, it's because you have your people and your family where you can actually show everything. Yeah. Because to somebody, to yourself, mm -hmm. at the very least, you got to show all of yourself. You got to be have be able to look in an actual mirror yes. and see your whole self. You can't yeah. be putting a persona in between you and the fucking bathroom no. mirror. You know, like you got to show yourself and then have your people you can really yeah. show yourself to. And then with the public, yeah, for sure. It makes some sense, you mm. know, to not expose all of the things mm -hmm. but but also not seek then the validation not actually 100%. count not count whatever they think as mattering not give a not shit. give a shit not give a flying fuck <laughs> Genu genuinely like laughing at shit like oh my until it means something to your integrity until yeah. it's something that becomes like hold on this is this is important to me this means something to me and then you can address that but other than that I don't give a flying fuck. You tell me like, oh my God, you were so, you were so, oh, you're so great. And it's just, I think you don't know what I'm really, what the real me is like. Come and right. see me when I wake up, like my face full of spots, my fucking red neck, my hair's a fucking mess. The only reason I, I look good is because someone told me what to say. Makeup artists are making me look pretty. The lighting is gorgeous. They're grading it. There's millions of pounds going into making me look good. That's not the real me. Look at me, man. I'm yeah. a piece of shit. I smell like shit. And that's me and I'm good with it. Yeah. You know? And so, by the same token, when people go, you're a piece of shit, man. Fuck, you're, you're fucking shit. I go, I probably am. You know? And that is true. I'm both of those things. I'm all of those things. And I do not seek your validation. But when my peoples tell me stuff, then I, I, I listen to that more. You know? And, and your peoples... And your family, they, they keep you in check. And it's important they keep you in check. And I listen to them. I may not agree with them immediately, but I marinate on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I listen to them. And, 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 and I trust them. So, they, you know, their words, their words mean a lot. But um, the instinct is the guide, man. The instinct is the guide. Even my people's like, they even, I mean, no one can really tell me shit, Obs. You know what I mean? No one can. You can't. Yeah, no one sure, can't. Sure. You know, but, but I'm listening. And I'm open to, to, what you, what everyone say might be true. No one can tell you shit, but everything is constantly telling you shit. Like mm -hmm. the all, the thing that you gather. What are your instincts? It's mm -hmm. just all of the information, all of the precisely the whole universe is your guide when you get out of the way. Mm -hmm. So I think it is a mistake to weigh any one filter 
too much because it's just the universe filtering through someone and they all have bias it's like a prism that's refracting yes. different light but ultimately if we can take our guidance from the all light from that light that contains every spectrum and contains every every vibration and every color possible mm-hmm. then that's that's following your instincts that's following you know really your truth in that way but yeah of course listen to people who might have an insight because we can all get deluded we can become our own prism mm-hmm. where we're taking that light of what we could be and our potential is and what our highest best self our consciousness our present self mm. wants to do and we're refracting it and, and angling it in a different way and somebody might say hey what are you do what are you doing you're you're doing something weird there with your light mm. like it's a little kinked up in this thing you got mm-hmm. this idea in your head that's causing you to see things weird and that can be helpful so receive all that information but ultimately nobody else can guide us except for everything else mm-hmm. you know like that's mm-hmm. it that's the only thing that really counts that is getting out of the way mm-hmm. just letting the everything mm-hmm. be the boss true that boss. True that. Boss. <laughs> yeah no doubt mm. so tell us a little bit about like what was a lot of people probably saw you in deadpool like give us a give us a Deadpool story. Give us a fucking indulgent indulgent Deadpool story. Something from something from that time. Cuz that was a fucking dope movie. And I think for a lot of people, it was the first time we saw a Marvel movie that we were like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, man. It's like real. Like yeah, people yeah. talk real. Thank God. Yeah. Like this is good. I mean, I got goosebumps with you talking about it, man. It was such a beautiful experience. I'm just remembering now when I did this live podcast last year and I finished and my friends taking the piss out of me, they was like, bro, you just said beautiful about 37 times. <laughs> you know that, yeah? And they just literally going, yeah, it's beautiful, man. And I'm, I think I'm doing the same thing. But, um, you know, we talk on the beauty. Yeah, you know what I mean? No We're doubt. not sitting here focusing on the ugly. But um, Deadpool is a beautiful experience from top to bottom, you know? It's like, I've been in the underground for many years, quite happy, you yeah. know, with full creative control but without the commercial muscle and it's been great it's where i wanted to be mm-hmm. you know and i've had my my uh influences you know hip-hop football or soccer you know comics all that all these things that that uh, over the years that, that that just drew you know meant so much to me you know from ninja turtles to wu-tang you know what i mean <laughs> but Comics meant so much to me growing up. So to then come into this new realm that I never thought I was going to come into, I never thought I was going to be an actor. I started being an actor at 27 years old. You know, my first job was then. Even then, I was still working my day job as a teacher. It was beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, as a swimming coach, athletics coach. It was beautiful. I loved it. I didn't want to leave it for shit. It was so hard to leave it. I didn't leave it for four years. And then when I left, I was like, guys, to my kids and my the mothers, I was like, you know what? I might be back, you know, I'll, I'll see what thing. They was like, shut the fuck up and go and go and do this, man. We'll be fine. Like, you know, it's all good. We, we, we're happy for you. So anyway, without tangents, to come, to have a project come from my history and my heart, like Deadpool. Like when I saw the email that said X-Men Origins, Deadpool, I was like, okay, let's have it. Let's fucking have it. You know, I love this shit. Like, I'm not scared yeah. of this shit, Orbs. Yeah. I love it. It's like, yeah. This person, this role, okay, yeah, this is the dream role, all right, let's have it. Why the fuck not? Why? And, and so going for it and getting it was one thing, but then the people involved, man. Like Tim Miller, the director of that, is a real close friend of mine. We had dinner on his birthday um, like a month ago, and, you know, everyone involved was, it was such a beautiful experience. And, and um, 
it, it, it meant so much that it resonated so much with the people. Yeah. You know? I suppose, actually, if I was going to tell you one story, it's um, on, the float, on the float tank. It's a float tank story because I was thinking of it today. Because Tim Miller's the man who showed me float tanks in Vancouver. Nice. And since then, I've been going to them all around the world. You showed me... Yeah, the, the one in Austin. Yeah, well, which one Zero was Zero Gravity. Zero Gravity. Shout them out. Yeah. Lovely. And so Tim was like, yeah, come to this, this float tank. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'll come try it. Sounds kind of fucked up. Doesn't sound that fun, but like, <laughs> all right, I'm open to it. And so he invited me and Gina down, Gina Carano, who uh -huh. played my um, kind of henchwoman, my, my partner in it. Yeah. And um, boy, if you're going to have backup, you want Gina motherfucking <laughs> Carano, bro. Yeah. And so we went down there and me and Gina was like, oh man, this is, yeah, this is weird. And I'm like, do I wear my shorts or like anything? It's like, no, you go in there. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> then I'm going in, you know, and it was such a rev uh revelatory or whatever the word it yeah. was a revelation for me when i was in that I, 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 it was amazing and the interesting thing was i could not stop thinking about the fight choreography that i was working on and i went into this weird place where i was just playing the fight out in my head playing the beats out and it it was wonderful the way it made it sink it the first fight in the workshop when it's the uh mm -hmm. the in on fire the naked yeah. fight yeah um and um so I came out and I was like, oh, you know, when you come out, you're like, oh, that was so wonderful. You don't want to talk loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I come out and Tim was there, you know, barefoot, drinking a little ginger tea. And G Gina was already there. We was like, what's up, G? Did you like it? And she's like, <laughs> and basically we found out she'd gone she'd got in here for 10 minutes she was like fuck this yeah, shit she got straight out she was not feeling it <laughs> and we were ribbing her the whole time but I kept going back uh, with Tim and by myself and um yeah with some of them BC edibles you know it was like <laughs> it was a moment so many moments man so many moments but yeah it wasn't for Gina yeah. it wasn't for Gina but yeah that was a beautiful a beautiful experience, man. It's like, you know, I judge these experience and I, I base my actual experience of these movies. I, I kind of rate that higher than the outcome in some ways. Right. The process versus the outcome. Precisely. Yeah. In, and in art, that's kind of a paradoxical thing because the only reason we're there is to create, is to, for the end product. But this is my job now. If I'm going to go and fucking live in Austin for fucking seven weeks, if I'm going to go and live in Vancouver for fucking four months, I need to be having fun. I need to be fulfilling myself. I need to be enjoying it. And so these experiences, I usually twist them to make myself enjoy them anyway. But rarely do they come out like that, where the world enjoys them. Yeah. Where, and you can't predict that. You that got stuff. both. You had the process you know? that you liked and the outcome that, yeah. turned, that turned out great. And it's the gift that, that just keeps giving Deadpool, man. It's, it, you know, it means so much to so many people around the world. And it opened up so many more doors for me. And, and, and um, I'm so grateful for it, man. Yeah. And now one of those doors that it probably opened mm -hmm. was a door that you consciously shut. Because uh -huh. you were given a role or given the opportunity for a role. But yeah. that role had a different ethnic identity. Yeah. And... I read about that. Why don't you tell us what happened there? Because that's a pretty, I mean, talk about different types of courage, right? I mean, you love comics. You love these different roles. Yeah. And tell us what happened with that situation. Well, in a nutshell, I was offered a, a part in Hellboy. And um, as far as I was aware, it was a, I was playing a British SAS, you know, um, sergeant or major. 
that had been changed from a US Navy song. Mm-hmm. It looked cool as fuck. I ordered 16 graphic novels that day. I was like, I'm going in. This is a great <laughs> excuse to buy more comics. Yeah. I don't need an excuse to buy comics, you know. I buy comics like cocaine heads. I, I spend like <laughs> 200 pound a month on, these, on this shit. I'm like, I'm going in. Although probably cocaine heads spending 200 pound a week or whatever. <laughs> anyway. Depends on the habit. You know. But um, so I was like, okay, boom. I'm going to go in. I'm going to research. You know, I started working on it. You know, I was buying my movies, working with my coach, planning for it. We were going, f- we were going through the deal. It was, it was a, a, a difficult deal to navigate because I wanted to make sure that I could be coming home for family stuff and to make it work for me and for my life outside of this as much as I wanted to do it. They bent over backwards. They were wonderful, the producers. And they, um, they were great. And, um, and then it got announced. You know, it got announced in the press and I was like, okay, cool, you know, great. And straight away, there was this whitewashing backwash. And I was like, whoa, wow, I didn't see that one coming. And so I looked, I did my research. I was like, okay. I said, he's not Mr. Miyagi. It's not like the most important thing to his, his heritage is not the most important thing, but this is pivotal. Mm-hmm. And this is important. And, you know, as I said, I'm from the underground. And so, I, so for people who don't know, your character was played traditionally by an Asian American. In Asian, the comic, he was in, an Asian American. Yeah. Well, he was an American who had an Asian grandmother that was actually integral to the story. Mm-hmm. A Japanese grandmother, you know. Um, so, so I pulled out. Basically, it was the only thing to do, the right thing to do. So the reason it was a simple thing and a simple decision is that, you know, I come from the underdogs. I, I, I come, I, my demographic in London is not represented. We never felt that we were represented. When we were making hip hop, we felt like, fuck this. We're not seeing, they're not talking the fucking truth. They're just talking a whole lot of shit trying to sound like the, the American hip hop at the time. Yep. So we don't live in fucking Brooklyn. You know what I mean? This is not Crenshaw. We're in fucking, we're not in Hollywood. We're in Hollywood Green, bro, and Cricklewood and all that. We're in fucking, you know what I mean? We're in the bits. And so we always felt like we weren't represented. We felt like Guy Ritchie was like making these great movies, but we don't talk like that. Yeah. You know, we saw these, these, these hood movies in inverted commas where it was only black kids. And we we're like, hold on a second. Like we don't, our gangs and our culture and the way we grew up was, did not exist like that. Where's the Turkish people? Where's the Polish people? Where's the Pakistanis? Yeah. Where's the mixed race kids? Like, we're all on top of each other. It's, it's more class than cultures. And we never felt like we got represented properly. So the reason I, my first movie that I did was called Ill Manners. And that still is the most meaningful project to me because I did it with my best friend. You know, he was the director. He wrote the part for me. He was the one who made me do it. I learned so much from my co-star Riz Ahmed and everyone around me. And we represented the underdogs. We told the stories that people weren't telling, you know? And I don't see our stories being told. Now, that's a frustration that was real to me. And now I'm writing. It's my main preoccupation is to show the, a window into the accurate yeah. social demographic of my life and my people and my generation. But that's micro when you compare it to people and races that are having their narratives written out of the arts and the history books that are not represented. That because I was growing up with the my best friends being Greek Cypriot, Kuwaiti Muslims, Jamaican Christians, um, you know, Mauritians, atheist, Irish, whatever, you know, we I didn't see it. I just thought it was all normal. And then I look around, and I say, yo, like, 
all of the heroes look like me. And I'm going up for all these parts and I'm getting these like heroes and villain parts because I'm six foot with blue eyes and brown hair and white skin. You know what I mean? And so I understand my privilege. I understand that I hope, you know, is my talent which is driving all of this. But I understand that I have a head start. Yep. So I understand my position there. So it's a simple thing. And plus I live in the, the multicultural community. I have a multicultural family. This is like not an option for me to start shading people. You know what I mean? I trained Kung Fu. I was in the fucking dumpling house in um in my area when I sent out the fucking tweet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this is not an option. Yeah. You know? And so when when it went out, my people well, I, you know, I saw my, my 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 friend the other day and he was like, Yo man, that was really like, you know, that was really, really important what you did. I was like, What the fuck did you think I would do, bro? <laughs> I said, We've been out here together. Forever. And what? And then you think I'm just going to be like, yeah, man, I love you, bro. You're my family. But like, this is for me, yeah? Uh, this cake's <laughs> for me. When I know there's other crumbs cake right, out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, I've i never felt defined by any role or that anything is that pivotal. Every single role I've had is like, you know, everything I've ever done is given, taken away. You know? While I've enjoyed them, while I've taken a lot from them, it's like, you know, in the most respectful Gracious way, like, I don't need it, you know? And so I can pass it on. And so it's the only thing to do. And plus, I spoke to, like, my pops, you know? And he, the first thing he said to me was like, well, you know, you just have, you have to do what's right. And I was like, yeah, you know? And then I spoke to my, my boy, uh, Ben, who is kind of like my, my, um, my main confidant when, when, mm -hmm. when, when times get rough, you know? It's like we don't speak about good things. We only speak on the phone for an hour and a half about really fucked up depressing deep shit and I spoke to him and he was like yeah you have to just do what's right innit? and it was like you know of course so that just reaffirmed is like a real simple thing so yeah. from there it was just a simple thing but you know what's affirming is kind of like the Deadpool thing but on a, on a, on a more important level is how much it meant to other people sure because it it was important for me to be myself and like you said earlier on to make sure that I'm being honest and I'm being myself but you know it it was more, it's more about for everyone else. And so it's meant a lot to people, man. And I met with the guy, um, Daniel Day Kim, who, who, who took the role. I was a massive fan of his from Lost. Yeah. You know, Jim from Lost, man. That's some history. And so um, I met with him and, 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 and it was beautiful. And so, nice, man. you know, it really is a simple thing, bro. It really is a simple thing, but it's beautiful that it means a lot to other peeps. I just saw Hamilton with Whitney. And mm -hmm. that was one of the most powerful plays I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And it was it was really fucking cool to see them just cast. I mean, it's pretty much an all black cast except mm. for King George and a few other people, but playing all of the founding fathers. So Hamilton, Jefferson, Washington, like all of these names, mm. you know, Monroe, like everybody is played by an all black cast. Mm. And, you know, for a moment, for a moment, you just make that click, but then very fast, you just believe it's the sa it's the same, mm. and it's actually it actually made the play so much more powerful in that mm -hmm. way. Not just because of the the sound and the music and the way, but just to be able to recast like, oh, we're all we're all same. Mm -hmm. Like anybody can play that can play that role. And I think Hamilton's the beauty of it is, you know, they gave other people an opportunity to mm -hmm. play. I mean, if you're doing the founding fathers play, it's a white cast. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you're following that. But to see everything kind of mix up mm. and to give that an opportunity, but what, it was just fucking 
dope. It's is is dope, but it's tragic. It's tragic that it's like it's like of that that becomes a realization that we're all the same when you think about like the the history of oppression. Yeah. You know, and it's like when we talk about reality, you know, we've been talking this whole time about yo, I just want to see reality for what it is. I want to find the truth. It's like well, let's look at how we're like I wasn't taught the truth. I had to find the truth. I wasn't taught the truth. I was taught, you know, the only black history in my schools was slavery. You know, we weren't taught when we talk about talk about the might of the British army, you know, defeating the 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 fascist Germans. It's like colonialism, bro. Was we built our empire on another form of fascism. You know, so let's be real about this. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about this. Let's look at reality for what it is. So, and so you know, our, our, yeah, the privilege that, that that we're riding on now, that wave that we're riding on, is built on the backs of other people who are not, who who have had it had it harder. So yeah, it's nice to have these artistic realizations through these like. But it is the, it is the full circle moment to a certain degree, right? It's the full circle moment where the most popular play of, that's out right now, mm-hmm. Hamilton, by far, nothing's mm-hmm. even fucking touching it, right? And it's that full circle moment where it is played. By not the characters, you know, not not a bunch of white guys out mm-hmm. on the stage playing white characters. Mm-hmm. It's like this reversal moment. Yeah, history is what it is. But to see that happen and to see everybody standing on their feet, see tears mm-hmm. in everybody's eyes from these moving performances mm-hmm. where they're not looking at race and they're just looking at fucking talented people telling amazing stories. It's really transformational. I think that's part of that's part of the healing. Yeah. Like part of the healing is gonna be able to say, like be able to interpose any person mm-hmm. and and feel like that's my fucking mm. brother like yeah. doing this and the past is the past and that fucking sucks but yeah. in the future like all role and we're not there yet yeah. but i think this pushes that line a little farther yeah, yeah. where it's like anybody can play anybody mm. and and right now we're not there you know and mm. i think it's important to respect the respect yeah. that but eventually anybody can play every, we're all humans mm. and humans can tell a human story mm. you know and that's that's really what you came away mm-hmm. with like i couldn't possibly imagine that story being told by anybody better than that fucking cast mm-hmm. like to see thomas Je- thomas jefferson in that play mm-hmm. is this big like kind of heavy set so much energy mm-hmm. this guy just fucking ignited the stage he just <laughs> left fire wherever he went and just burned it up. and thomas jefferson was like he wasn't the most conscious. He had, you know, owned slaves, I think, and like mm-hmm. wasn't that. But to see this guy play that role and mm-hmm. just burn it up, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that's that's who I want to see yeah. as that person. Like that is that person for me now. It's not the fucking dude on the mm-hmm. twenty dollar bill. It's the, mm-hmm. I think that's Jackson, whatever. But you know, it's that guy. Yeah. And like, it's just it's just cool. And I think that's the future that we can look forward to, where all of these things get mixed up. Yeah. You know, Superman can be. A fucking Muslim and yeah, fucking yeah. whoever can be whoever, yeah. and 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 that's like the world that I look forward to. Yeah, is where everybody can be everybody, and there yeah. is no appropriation because it's one fucking culture. We all appreciate yeah. everybody else's shit. Yeah, and I think when we fast forward, we're gonna get there. Yeah, you know. But now we're just in this thing where we're we're working our way. We're that plodding way. away one step at a time, and, <laughs> yeah. and we should champion every um, everything that pushes that forward, and truly. You know, Hamilton, uh, while I haven't seen it, is clearly pushing that forward. I can yep. see from the from the conversations about it. You know, whilst we remember that it's uh, in a playhouse in Broadway where it's very difficult yep. to get tickets, where it's very expensive, where it's like, you know, it's um, 
it also can be easy for us to sit in our liberal bubbles and pat, pat ourselves on the back. I'm not saying that's what you're doing, of course, but it, it also it, it must be reflected in society and what and you are so right that this is one step there. Yeah. This is getting us closer. This is making people start to realise that. And you can't beat people over there, but you can't make people change the way they think about this stuff. But this is one step. And we have so much more um so much further to, to go. But um but it's a beautiful thing, brother. Yeah. Yeah. We're here for this we're here for the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here for the good, the bad, mm-hmm. the light, the dark, the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, we have dragons and these dragons are inequality and the dragons are hate and the dragons are delusion and ego and power and, you know, disproportionate amounts of wealth. People who are hoarding things and not willing to share mm-hmm. while others are suffering. Like these are the dragons at large. These are Cyrano's villains after he gets hit in the head at the end of the play and he's calling out all the injustices of the world. It's not one person or one thing mm-hmm. or one, you know, nation or race or whatever. Whenever we get that, we got it wrong. It's these macro things. It's the big mm-hmm. things that we're all fighting against. And, you know, we get an opportunity to show up and sharpen our sword in the battle against all that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we'll sit back in, in that other dimension, that place that feels like the other home. And mm-hmm. we'll look back and be, man, that was a fucking ride. Mm-hmm. Like, that was good. You know, mm-hmm. we'll be there with our collective brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and everybody and just look around and say, hey, when you want to do that again? Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Pretty soon. Yeah, man. I'm with you, bro. I'll be there at the eternal sun, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Shining. Hell yeah. I look forward to that. And this one, man. Looking forward to doing that. Hopefully, hopefully we just keep this up. This is totally fucking random that we're both in New York the same mm-hmm. week, but it's not random. Of course. I feel, I feel like I feel of like course. <laughs> I feel like for you, like this this kind of synchronicity, you're so trusting of the instinct and the process. Like you you probably knew this was gonna happen more than I knew this was yeah. gonna happen, you know? Well we when That's we, we, I we spoke like you. three weeks ago or something and you was like, yo, like on the off chance on the instinctual one, you was like, yo, you you're not in LA, are you? Because I'm I'm shooting over there. I was like, no, bro, I'm in London, man. It's pissing down with rain. Um <laughs> I'm very far from LA. Um uh, but enjoy it, you bastard. Enjoy the sun. <laughs> Get a nice suntan. Um but um but it was like, but I was like, yo, I'm going to be in um in New York, in a, you know, and, and even then you, I don't think this was planned for you. And, and, and you know, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I've, you know, but it was going to happen. It was, was going to happen at some point, you know, it's going to happen at some point sooner or later. And also we, we just have to keep the people as close to us as we, that we w- want close to us, as close to us as possible. Now yeah. we live in different continents countries we live very far away and we both have other factors controlling how we move around the world but as much as we can sure you know what i mean let's meet up and and, and um and 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 try and learn from each other i learn so much from you every time we talk you know what i mean and and um and and, and the same thing today bro yeah likewise brother likewise yeah. been a pleasure Anything that you want to point people to? Any projects you're working on, or any uh, any places they can go? I know, I'm sure you've got some movies coming out or something. Yeah, I've got six movies coming out. Yeah, I've got, six, I've got a couple lined up that we're ready to rock and roll. So, I've I've been working, I've been working, and like, yeah, I mean, I've been like, yeah, I remember you saying like about writing your own script, being a director of your own movie, that type of shit, and 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 I've been, you know, after Deadpool. It was a very conscious thing. There was like, okay, I'm gonna say no now. I'm much more. I've always, I've been in different increments in control, but I'm more in control now. So now I'm really gonna write how I want to write it. What do I want to do? 
And we just started saying, no, 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 no. Ah, that's interesting. That's loads of money. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, really? Working for 10 grand for five weeks. I want to do that. Yeah, but you could end. No, I want to do this. You know right. what I mean? And sometimes my agents are like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. You know, I have what I need. Right. I have my shitty old tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> I can buy a steak for my best friend whenever getting, I want. I'm getting you so many socks. You know, <laughs> you know what to get me for Christmas, man. The on it socks. Yeah, that's it. We're like, he's, I think he's sending me a hint. Um, <laughs> but so, so, so we've been working on some mad shit, man. Like, there's like, I mean, this project that I just I was just shooting was yesterday was an amazing project. It's a adaptation of a James Baldwin novel, If Beale Street Could Talk, by one of my heroes, Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight. Mm -hmm. To work with him was, you know, a dream come true. And then, you you know, the project I was working on in, and that will come out next year, the project I was working on in Austin when we first met was with Robert Rodriguez, one of my heroes. When's that one coming out? That comes out July 2018 or June. It's mad. Like, we wrapped it. So many effects. December last year, so much effects, bro. Yeah. It's mad. We, we were using all the... um. Avatar technology. I can't wait to see how Jack they made me because I have a a, um, a metal body. I'm a cyborg. And so when I came out, I was in good nick when yeah. I came to Texas. And then I got on the first day on set and they had brisket and sausage. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I want mac cheese and all that. And so I was wearing a mocap suit. And by the end of it, I was like, ooh, okay. I don't, you know, the, the pot belly's coming out. The chest is shrinking. But um, it doesn't matter. Because I'm going to be ripped to fucking shreds <laughs> when it comes out. I think I've got Metal Mohawk or some shit in there as well. But that's going to be a very interesting one. And that was with some heroes of mine, you know, Christoph Waltz, Mahershala Ali, you know, Jennifer Connolly. This is like, you know, a dream come true to, to, to be able to now be learning from, from, from these type of people. And then, you know, there's, there's some independent projects which, which I've been doing, which are really interesting, you know. I'm flying to Saudi Arabia the week after next to finish off a project called Born a King, which is a fascinating project where I play a, uh, in 1913, period piece, I play a, uh, a uh, member of the British Foreign Office, an Arabist adventurer who brings over the first Saudi uh, prince and, and then gets uh, King George, um, Winston Churchill and, and, and Lord Curzon to recognize him as the first king of, as the uh, only true king of Saudi Arabia, you know, and it's like, it's a wonderful piece. I've got my hair's all gray. I've got a fake mustache. And you know, I love putting mustaches on you. Yeah, I know. I know it's fucked up. <laughs> and so that one was fake. This one was real, the handlebar. And so like, you know, playing with all these different looks, you know, playing with all these different accents. There's another one I'm called Tao, which is coming out, I think on Netflix with um, Gary Oldman and Michael Monroe, where it's like a sci-fi thing. I play this like Silicon Valley tech geek i based it on sam harris yep you know yeah yep. and um talking to me about that. yeah and that was like uh, you know an interesting experience there's another film i did called in darkness with natalie dormer from game of thrones and that was a wonderfully ambitious uh and sophisticated uh british drama indie so it's just been about exploring different sides and 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 you know i could have phoned it in i could have like you know i'm the you know it would have been easy to be the go-to action villain hero. Easy. But that's not me. I have a lot else. You know, it's boring for me. It's like, yeah. if somebody says like, no, how the fuck do you, did you, do you play all these different characters? Like, how the fuck do you not 
Like, how could you just be the same person and just phone it in? Like, it's impossible. Like, I need to learn. I need to grow. I can't learn unless I'm having to learn new accents, unless I'm standing differently and and and, and learning the etiquette of how you greet a king and 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 all of the and such. And so, it's been this amazing journey, and I'm looking forward to seeing how how they're um, you know received somewhat and 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 and. When I say I'm looking forward to, I'm not looking forward to any adulation or anything like that. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested to see how the process worked out for the process in the future so I can see, okay, okay, interesting. You know, that felt good at the time, but it was fucking shit when it came out. Or, you know, vice versa or whatever. You see the ripples in the pond when you, you know, drop in the pebbles. You know, but like <laughs> I said, the journey was the most important thing and it's been like, it's been beautiful um, working on these things. And, um, and I'm... Interestingly, in fact, we spoke about this last year. I've written a short film that I'm directing in three weeks. So I go back next. We, we agreed with each other. You're, you're going to finish the book. You're yep. going to send me a copy. I'm going to yep. finish the, the short film. I'm going to yep. send it to you. Um, that's important to me. It's a motivation. And um, so I go back. I land back uh, Monday morning. I go straight into location scouting. We're rehearsing. We're working with the DP, working on everything. So it's a wonderful new proposition. It's a new medium for me. I feel highly qualified to emotionally navigate and make the key creative decisions and trust other people to, to do their jobs properly. But who knows? I might be fucking terrible at it. But I'm, I'm excited to but try you'll it. Learn. But you'll get a little better. And it'll make me it'll make me a better actor and and, um You gotta lean into the weird, unknown, difficult shit in everything you do, and that sounds like what you're doing. So you can't lose. You can't fail. You can only learn. Yeah, and I have to do it. Yeah. I have to. Like I've I wanted to write it. I had to write it. I wrote it. I've wanted to progress it to this point. I have to I have to do it. So we'll see. We'll see how that comes out. But that's that's an exciting feeling. And you know, there are certain feelings of anxiety and, 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 and fear if they're the right words, but I love that feeling. Yeah. It's like when I was a competitive swimmer when I was growing up, I feel like I'm going up to the blocks. I feel like I'm look, checking out the people next to me thinking, fuck man, he's fucking six foot five and look at his shoulders and that, <laughs> and his paddles, but that don't mean shit when we get up there. That don't mean fuck all, because I've been yeah. training, I've been doing my work and once we get in, my lane is my lane. How fast you swim is how fast you swim. You know, maybe you'll get in and I'll be surprised because I'll see your feet and I'll think, this is butterfly, man. I don't see people's feet. They see my feet. But, you know, so be it. Yeah. So be it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just training hard in my lane, yeah. trying to get better on, on myself. And, and, um, and uh, so it's exciting, bro. And I'm excited to get a copy of the book once Hell it comes yeah. out or a transcript or whatever. About two months. Really? Yeah. How do you feel about it? I love it, man. I bled on that book. Yeah. I mean, I bled in the pages of this book. Yeah. Like, really... I thought it was going to be a process, but I had no idea like how much I would have to sacrifice. Like I think for anything that you really love, you got to pay the blood price. Like even this last Halloween, you know how much I love Halloween. You yep. saw me in the fucking yeah, yeah. midst of it, and this Halloween and the whole weekend's going through, and I'm just in my small ass New York hotel room, just writing people hitting me up. Hey, come on, come out with us. We got this thing. Not, nah, but you had editing, to do it. Editing, editing, reading every line, mm. combing it, going through the fact, knowing that I'm going to have to read this on audiobook so that every single word that I'd written down and gotten help writing down, you know, had to be coming out of my tongue. So it's just track corrections change, track corrections change as I'm reading through this whole thing. And that was the process all the way through. Like, so I feel good. 
I know I know that succeed or fail, I have no regrets in this motherfucker. Like there's no way that I can say, mm. oh man, I wish I would have put a little more mm. effort into it. Like I did it. And succeed or fail is other people's. Yeah, whatever. That's what they yeah, say. Exactly. I'll say it's a success. Someone else will say it's a failure. It's uh, the best I can do. You know. So in that regard, it is, it's my success. Yeah. You know? And you had to do it. You felt the urge to do it. You yep. did it. And, and you move on. Yep. And you either write another book or, or, or you, you I'll know. I'll another one. Really? I'm just getting warmed up. Yeah. I'm just getting warmed up. What's the next one? Next one's about mindset. Then the next one's mm-hmm. about the heart. Then the next one's about community. And then my fifth book is going to be like utopian fiction. And wow. that's, that's uh, so I got them all. Utopian I got them all. fiction. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. on. So my favorite, one of my favorite books, Aldous Huxley's Island, and that's where he takes this island separate from the mainland, and they created this culture that's like a basically a utopia that rewrites the rules of society, how people interact, how people raise kids, how people look at love and ritual and work and community and wealth and spirituality. And then another book, The Fifth Sacred Thing from Starhawk, another great utopian setting where people kind of rewrite the structure. But for me, I think what's always most interesting is not how do you create utopia in this little separate bubble separate from everything else mm-hmm. but how do you create universal utopia mm-hmm. and i think that's where i want to drive this oh, wow. drive this fiction so we'll, well see that feels like the natural path you know knowing you and, and, and knowing your mindset and teachings that that feels very yeah. very fucking right and i'm just honing the craft till that yeah, till yeah. that moment but yeah there's it's exciting man it's yeah, exciting. i know i know what i'm here I know what i'm here to do and that's that's ultimately I've never felt better. Isn't that an empowering feeling, man? Yeah. You know, I see people like Christoph and Mahershala, and I'm like, man, I want to be like them, man. And, I, you know, last night I was like, what would Jack do? What would Jack Nicholson do right now? Do what Jack does. You know, but I can't do what Jack does. But, <laughs> you know, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it a, a, a wonderful thing to know what you want to do? And no, you can't do it yet. But yeah. no, we're going to get there. We yeah. will get there. We'll work towards it. And, 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 in the end, you know, your book will be something different from your man's utopian island, you yep. know, that you want, you know, that, that maybe you that wanted it to be like at the, yeah. at the beginning and vice versa. And, you know, maybe there'll be, there'll be some fucked up kid with chipped teeth in the future like me saying, what would Ed do? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, and it won't totally. be what Jack totally. does. But, um, you know, I, I love this notion of the, of the unknown of the exciting unknown but it's not so unknown because we know where the we know where we want to get to we just we just don't know exactly how we're gonna get there you know and and i love that i'm excited for you and if you think you know exactly how you're you're fooling yourself yeah yeah you know you'll soon find out <laughs> you'll, soon you'll soon find out you'll soon realize you've got shit on your shoes <laughs> you've been <laughs> walking it around shoes. and fucking 50 people are gonna come home and smell the shit you've been walking around <laughs> and you're gonna feel shit about it <laughs> yes sir Life is good, right? Life is beautiful, man. Life is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, how it sparkles. Was what oh, yeah. Me last year. <laughs> oh, how it sparkles. That was in the club. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. All right, my man. Good to hang. We got to do bro. this again. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Much love, everybody. Peace. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you subscribe because next week we got Taro Isokaipula. We're talking healing mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, and he gives the absolute best Santa Claus mushroom origin story of all time. So make sure you subscribe. Check that one out. You'll have a hell of a story to tell your family over Christmas. Thanks for tuning in. All right, fam. Today I want to talk to you about krill oil. Because if you're like me, you love eating foods that are high in omega-6 fatty acids. That includes 
all of the nuts from cashews, almonds, walnuts, so much of the vegetable oils and nuts and seeds and everything that we enjoy eating, even in a healthy diet, is high in omega-6 fatty acids. The problem with that is that if you don't balance it out with enough omega-3 fatty acids, you're going to have systemic inflammation. And that inflammation is going to make you tired. It's going to give you brain fog. It's going to decrease your motivation to work out in the gym. So supplementing with some omega-3 sources is a really smart idea. Now, one way to do that is to eat things like chia seeds, eat oily fish, and I highly recommend that. But as far as supplementation is concerned, the absolute hands-down best way to do that is to get yourself some krill oil. Now, krill has some advantages over fish oil in that krill naturally has a compound called astaxanthin that keeps the krill super fresh and so prevents it from going rancid. It also has a really favorable ratio of the omega-3 fatty acids, and it's harvested completely sustainably from these tiny little squid-like creatures in the pristine Arctic oceans. So check out our krill oil. It's from the best source in the world that we can find, and it really will make a difference in your joint health, skin health, just overall feeling like you're on top of your game. Krill is just one of those essential products. Fish oil is great too. We have that in our joint oil product and you can definitely explore that. That's another great way to go about it. But there's really something special about krill oil. So definitely check that out if you're interested and especially check that out if you eat a lot of nut butter like me.